purple and gold? Are you ready to hoist the colors? Now, time for the most in-depth look at the world of ECU athletics. Welcome in to Hoist the Colors with your host, Stephen Igo on 94.3 The Game. Watch the show live on Facebook and at 94.3thegame.com. Now, here's your host, Stephen Igo. All right, welcome in to Hoist the Colors on this Thursday, January 11th edition of the show. We are live on Facebook, live on YouTube, live stream just dropped. Philip Pilkington producing today's program. And if you got a question, a comment, let us know. We're going to talk some pirate basketball a little later. Me and Philip wrapping up. ECU's big win on the road at Temple. Rare road win for the Pirates. So excited about that. We'll get into that in a little bit. But we are starting today's show with Savone Revel, ECU All-Conference cornerback. He is in studio courtesy of Team Boneyard. How's it going, man? I'm good, I'm good. I'm right, man. How's the, uh, the offseason been treating you? Good, I've just been working, working on me, working on myself. I'm kind of dealing with an injury right now, currently. Um, but just stay, staying focused, just lifting, working out, um, just getting better, for real. And for for people that don't even realize, you had a great season last year, which we'll get into, but you played basically injured the whole year. And so that was something you had to manage. Like I think towards the end of the year, there was a game where you were like going down two or three times the same game, trying to stay healthy. So like, how much did you have to deal with that? You don't have to go into specifics, but just kind of manage that pain a little bit. Um, Rehab, for real. Um, Went through a whole week of rehab. Um, They managed my like. My practice reps, how many reps I was going to take. Um, they lowered the, um, the limits and took me down for some reps. So, so when, I had to. Right. Uh, so it went, uh, you know, basically it's just a management thing. I guess yeah, management thing. Like, uh, I go in the training room, do some maintenance work for real. Um, but other than that, game day, just if I felt like I could do it, I'll do it. If I even hurt or not, um, I did that every single game, but I feel like I can go out there and still do what I could do. Even though I wasn't 100%, I still feel like I can do this. The team need me. Well, we need everybody. But right. But, yeah. Well, you had a great year, and we'll, we'll get into some of that. All right, so housekeeping business to start with. All right, so everybody, dating back to when you committed, has, has been pronounced as Siobhan Rebel. And that's, you know, obviously that's how it's spelled, but... That's not the correct pronunciation. So it is no. Savone Rebel. Savone Rebel. Um, I was gonna try to keep it a secret until like I make it to the league. It's gonna be like a, like a little fun fact. Right. And I was gonna be like, hey, I actually pronounced my name Savone Rebel. I want to surprise people, but the first person I ever told was Marcus, the equipment manager. Yeah. And then he just went out and started telling everybody else. Like, we, we got word in the media like <laughs> late this year. I can't remember. Maybe it was going into the FAU game. Yeah. And then we told uh, Mike Houston. He was like, "You're kidding me, right? That's not his actual yeah, name." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he didn't even know. We had a team meeting that day. Um, I think the day after, they had told y'all. He had stopped me. He was like, "I've not known you for two years. I don't know your name, so I'm real. I was like, "Coach, I was gonna tell you." So you you can at least I, I guess what yet you, you got to forgive people if they're a little late to the game yeah, just because yeah, yeah. uh, we're we're just getting the word yeah, yeah, yeah. that that's how you pronounce it so mm-hmm. uh, yeah really excited to have Savone Revel in studio today again he's part of our team Boneyard initiative voice the colors uh, our members raised uh, a good amount of money to get uh, yourself Elijah Morris Deontay Johnson we'll have those guys on we're also working on getting some other players we'll have some baseball players in starting next week as well mm-hmm. through Team Boneyard. So really excited about it. Robert Dedrick on YouTube says, "Thanks for being a pirate." Um, what, what does you know Team Boneyard mean to you guys as players? You know, supporting you guys from an NIL perspective at ECU. Um, it's 
still taking getting used to right now. Um, but I feel like they hey, they support the team. They they really some pirate fans for real. They support the organization and what and what they do and what they work with. And they really dedicated what they work and they um make sure the team not only the team but the players have like some time to like express they how they go through the season. Let them know their input and outputs on everything. So. Savone Rebel in studio with us today on Hoist the Colors. All right, so let's go through your journey a little bit, man. Winston-Salem guy. Yeah. And so I'm reading here you you played at Reynolds for three years and then went to Reagan High School. And uh, take us through your high school career and then uh, winding up at Lewisburg uh, Junior College. Um, Actually, a lot of people don't know this. I played quarterback my freshman year of high school. Okay. But uh, I wasn't feeling it. Um, I did that my freshman year and sophomore year, but I really – Wanted to play defense. I told my dad, I'm like, okay, this is done. I'm not playing quarterback no more. I'm going to cornerback. But um, other than that, I had got a lot of injuries, which set me back from a lot of things. So I wasn't as big. I just had, I was probably like fast and had technique. But um, other than that, um, after my junior year high school, I made a decision that I wanted to go to the East Forsyth or Reagan. And, you know, East Forsyth is the state champs. So I'm like, I told my dad, I want to go to to Reagan, I want to beat East Forsyth, and we did that that year. That year, I got there, scored the game, went a touchdown. Um, yeah, but besides that, the the injuries, yes, yeah, caused me, of course, to like academics and stuff wasn't as good. But um, I applied to Lewisburg College, where I feel like, okay, that's the best way I can get turn things around. Um, that's what 2020. Yeah, since 2020 is when your your first year there. Yeah, 2020. I know I forgot exact year I came to the camp. Uh huh. Oh, for ECU. Yeah. I think it was summer of 2021. Yeah, because you you got to ECU in 22. Yeah. And so it was summer of 21 where I first heard the name. At, at that time, it was Savon mm-hmm. Rebel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, told, yeah. But it was Savon Rebel who came to the uh, camp and you crushed it. I just mm-hmm. remember hearing about like the 40 time, the broad jump. So take us through that. And at that time, like. You know, you were under the radar, and yeah. then you got the offer, and you pretty much committed pretty quickly after. So that that had to be a big day for you. Yeah, it was definitely a big day, especially just now getting off of work. I only had like thirty minutes of sleep. And my dad just came in the room. Hey, you want to you want to still go? I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna go. I wasn't looking for no offers, and I was just like, okay, this is my opportunity to show what I got, my ability, how fast I can go, how high I can jump, my technique wise, and everything. Of course, everything has to be fixed because everything ain't perfect. But yeah. Um, I went through the count. I ran my forty. All I seen was a coach walking towards me. I'm like, no way. My nerve. My most nervous part was when I had to meet Coach Houston. I like, I talked to the head man. I hold on. But yeah, that was like probably one of my best memories for real. And uh, did you like going into the camp? Did you know that you could post some of those numbers? Because let's see if I yeah four four forty yard dash, uh, eleven foot standing broad jump, which are pretty elite numbers, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like, did you know you could do that or like? When you heard that, I mean, were you like, wow? I, I've always believed in myself. I've always been a hardworking guy. I'm dedicated in what I do. I put, I put 100%, 110% to whatever I do. So when I went there, no joking, um, I was like, okay, I got this. I can get this. And the broad jump, actually, I think Coach, it was Coach Dallas and Coach Harrell. And Coach Dallas had one of his players or somebody that played in his, uh-huh. in his position. He jumped like a 10-9, 10, 10 11 or something like that. And Coach Hill was just pushing me. I was like, you got this. You can pass him, pass him. All I did is just, phew. I was like, oh, 11 foot. Like, 11 okay, foot. that's good. Pretty dang good. Yeah. There's no doubt. 
and uh, you obviously committed to ECU mm. at that time. And did you have other schools that came in, or were you just like, once you got the ECU <clears throat> offer, you were like, you kind of knew this is where you wanted to be? Yeah, this I kind of knew this yeah. is the place I wanted to be just about the first day and <clears throat> my official visit. Okay. Was, you know, I met Jaquan. Jaquan McMillan was my host, so he made it like a home for me just right. that one day. Yeah. So you come in 2022, and I remember hearing you know good things about you. I believe what you got an you had an injury in like preseason camp. Mm-hmm. Did you mess up your hand or something? Yeah, I broke my hand. Okay, right, yeah. and so that kind of like you know probably delayed your impact last year. You still mm-hmm. end up playing in nine games. You know, huge impact on special teams, and then you play in the bowl game. So, kind of take us through your first year. You know, adapting to the Division One level, kind of growing that way. I mean, I knew I had it. I knew it was like it was new to me, so I knew I had to get the understanding, the, the concepts, and the, the. I know I had to study this player or this player and kind of get um, good at the defense and everything. So, I wasn't too mad. I just played my part. You know, um, they put me on special teams. Like, okay, I got to play special teams. Got to do it for the team. Whatever makes the team win, or you know what I mean. If they put me there. I'll do it. Getting your first defensive action against Coastal in the bowl game. What do you remember about oh, that and, and that win? I was excited. Though. I, I'm not going. I was excited. Um, my most the memorable, most memorable part is when they called that pi on me. Oh, I really yeah. didn't think it was a pi. It wasn't real. a pi. I was just like, I was just so excited to be out there for real. I was ready. 110%. I was like, okay, I got this. I believe in myself. Um, I got people out there that believe in me and are supporting me. So I just went out there and did me. Oh, and, I'm finished. Go ahead. And we hear so so much about guys, you know, kind of like yourself who, you know, have the potential. Like going into last year, we all knew you had the potential, like the athleticism and all mm-hmm. that. But then maybe they don't translate that to like the game field. And you obviously did that. You had an all conference season this past year. So what is there something that clicked for you, like getting that playing time, or, or was it more just hey in the off season? I know this is my year. I have to attack it every single day to make the most of you know the opportunity that was coming to you going I mean, into the last season. I mean, either way, I attack I attack every day the same. Um, I make I'm, I'm a hard worker, like I said before. Um, even if a starter or not, not a starter. If I'm starting, I still work like I'm a third string player because I know they can jump ahead of me. Not everyone's perfect. I got some some things I have to fix. They got some things they have to fix. They got some things that they better than me, and, and I got some things that I'm better than me. But I always like worked hard, no matter what. Like I never let the noise get to me. So first interception against Tulsa to close the year. Mm-hmm. I know there were a few that hit your <laughs> hand. You probably felt like you should have had it earlier. But uh, how was it getting that first pick? You know, first college pick. Oh, it felt good. It felt good. Yeah, I was so I was so relieved. I'm like, oh, bro, I have to catch it. Catch a pick this last game. I can't drop no more. But um, yeah, it felt it felt great. How would you kind of assess your season as a whole? Like I think Pro Football Focus, yeah, I had you as the highest graded ECU player and one of the top you know corners in the conference. You you did get all conference honors uh, from the league. Mm-hmm. Second team, uh, you know, I can make the argument you should have been first team, but still still awesome honor uh, for sure. So how would you kind of assess your season? What did you like? What do you want to improve on? Um. I like the way I really exerted myself. Like I was really pursuing to the ball every play. Um, some things I I need to fix, uh, like technique-wise, is probably line of scrimmage. That's like a number one rule right there. Um, Coach Jules really help help us out with that technique-wise. We do it every day. Um, back shoulder. One thing I give credit about um, to Coach Jules, he really helped with that back shoulder. Make sure I'm looking back. Make sure I turn my head. Um, but. I still try to perfect everything. Even though I did good at it, I still could do better. 
So. They always say the back shoulder throw is the toughest yeah. for a corner to yeah. defend. So is that one – like you can have good coverage and basically the perfect throw can sometimes mm-hmm. beat you. So is that the toughest challenge of that? I mean, not really since Coach Jules came in. Yeah. I don't really kind of mastered it because I'm like a big, long body. Right. So I can just put my body into him for real. But, yeah, but I just need to work on probably turning my head around, looking for the ball. So. Uh, Savone Revel is with us in studio. So t- tough year from a result standpoint, mm-hmm. you know, two and ten. And I always said watching you guys as defense. Like I-, I remember talking to you after Navy, and we had talked to you after a lot of games. You, you were like mad that y'all lost, but you were pissed off after Navy uh, just because <laughs> of the way that game went. So how frustrating was it to-, to play well defensively a lot of the year, but not get the wins? And but y'all still kept it together too, which yeah. I thought said a lot. I mean, of course, nobody likes to lose. Um, it was really, it was, it was really frustrating. But at the end of the day, I looked at it as like a lesson. We can, we can probably change this the next game. Something we have to change. Um, yeah, of course, defense did great, but I'm not gonna finger point because we had some offense had some plays that could have been made and some plays that just like fell back and they didn't help us. But I feel like we played good overall for real. We just had some players on the offense that had that much experience. I don't blame them. So, their first time on the field, they really getting the feel of it. So, how much does it excite you as a returning player to kind of see, you know, the offensive overhaul? I know you you still got friends on that side of the ball that are coming back. I don't mm-hmm. want to forget them because you know you got some really good players coming back in the mm-hmm. running back room, Shane <clears throat> Calhoun, tight end room, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, but some of these new guys and, and maybe some you know talent and maybe some more points scored this year. What does that kind of mean to you? Uh-huh. It means a lot to me, as long as we could put some points on the board, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for real. Um, I ain't met none of the new guys yet, Yeah, not all of them, but um, I'm glad they're part of the team. I want to see if like the chemistry, if they can build that chemistry and get that with the quarterback, get out there and practice with the guys and build a brotherhood. That's what it's meant to me since I've been here, for real. We had a question, which I'll go ahead and ask you from one of our uh, from one of our ECU fans that we'll get into more next segment, but he, he basically wanted to know how is it as a player – kind of welcoming in, I have to kind of paraphrase it because I don't have the question from me, welcoming in these transfers and, like, you know, making sure they fit the culture and getting them in, you know, to, to, to buy into this culture to what Coach Houston and this staff wants. Um, really just, like, treat them like everybody else. Don't don't push yourself higher than that person. Just make sure he, like, I'm not going to say on the same level, but make sure he can get to that same level. Make, make sure he knows the wrongs and the rights um, and how this program works. And try to help him out. So as long as the guy comes in, basically puts his head down and works, y'all yeah, are going to work. Just work. Yeah, we're yeah. going to work on. Yeah. No doubt. So Vone Rebel is with us. All right, let's get our first break in. We'll come back. We'll get into some of these questions from ECU fans in our next segment with uh, Mr. Rebel, and we'll discuss that on the other side. This is Hoist the Colors on a Thursday. This is ECU head football coach Mike Houston, and you're listening to Hoist the Colors on 94.3 The Game. All right, welcome back into the studio. Hoist the Colors, 94.3 The Game on this Thursday edition of the show. We've got Savone Revel, ECU All-Conference cornerback, joining us courtesy of Team Boneyard again. We'll have him on again this show two more times, uh, at least in the coming months. We're going to try to get you guys on before the season because once the season Mm -hmm. starts, it's just chaos. You are busy. You are busy this time of year, Mm -hmm. but... I uh, appreciate your time today, man. And, uh, again, Team Boneyard, shout out to them and all the ECU fans that contributed to this. All right, so let's get to some questions from the fans. We're going to start with Keith Revel. 
your dad. He says, how confident are you going into the spring, and what are your main challenges on your quest to top last season's all-conference play? Ooh, that's a tough question right there. Well, um, he, he know I'm confident. Um, I'm sure everybody else can pretty much see that I'm really confident in going into the um, spring. But obviously, like I said, the injury, I don't know if I'm going to have to have procedure done to it or not. But, so we're going to see. Ain't too much I can say about that. But right. yeah, last year, I did have a pretty good season. So um, probably, ooh. Okay, Dad, I see what you did. I see what you did right there. Um, so he's, he's really, trying to motivate. Yeah, really, uh, all I can say is, like, really watch film on myself, get to, like, study yourself, get the better study yourself, um, see what you could do better, and see what you did good. But if you could do better, like, everything ain't perfect. Um, right. But next year, I'm just going to have to go harder than I did last year. You know? I'm not, I'm not going to assume this is hard. I'm just going to go after it. T Bone thirty two and Hoist the Keller. She says, "Ask Savone." Excuse me, I, I knew I was going to do it. Savone, what are your favorite things about ECU? Um, my favorite thing. That's a lot. You, you um, don't have to name it all. Yeah. You can just name a ECU, couple ECU, Greenville. Yeah. yeah, everything is in the walking space. It's all together. <laughs> you walk right? here, everything is together. Um, uh, everybody, everybody talks like everybody. Good, just a bunch of good, good people. Um, like I said when I came into the football locker room, I felt like a brotherhood. I felt like I'm here. This is like my atmosphere. Like I really fear her. Cause you probably put your head down at work, so you probably fit right in. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. chip on your shoulder. You know, no, no BS type deal. So I, I can definitely see how you fit in right away. Uh, Tarbara Bill. Wants to know, he's curious how comments on social media, internet, you know, et cetera, truly impact you guys and other, or, you know, you guys as players. Like, do y'all read all the stuff on, so, there's a lot of mess out there. Good and I bad. Mean, do y'all read it? Or do you try to I, ignore it? I'll say, I, I might read it a little bit. I might click on the post and read, read the comment, but I don't, right. I don't pay no attention to the comments at all, to be honest with you. So, like, for but you, I, you just kind of shrug it off. Yeah, I kind of shrug it off. Whether they say something good or bad about me, I just right. I still got to work, keep working. Do you feel like some guys, it maybe affects them more than others? Just depends on kind of their mindset, I guess, if they mm. let that stuff get to them. Depend on who it is, for real. Right. Um, you don't see a lot of you don't see a lot of comments about players that don't play. Right. You see about the main the main characters. You might see something like Rajay or quarterback. Or, usually, yeah, quarterback. Usually taking oh, it. Yeah, quarterback. And it's one of those things too. I mean, unfortunately, when you play corner, like if, if somebody hits a deep ball and you like everybody knows who who or at least who it seems to be against. Some sometimes people don't understand there should be safety help or whatnot. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, you know, you could you can also get picked on a little bit too if you give up a deep ball. So you just oh, yeah. kind of kind of ignore it, right? Yeah, I just shrug it off. Yeah. Inville um, Pirate, he says, which coach was the most instrumental in your decision to become a pirate? And he's also got a few other. Mm-hmm. Uh, Instrumental. So, like, who who played the biggest role in getting you here as a coach? Coach Houston. I got. I had to really like feel him out, make sure like he really wanted me, and that's what he did. He he played his part. He made sure like I was like family in the team during the team. Like Coach Ellis, um, he did the same. But you know, I met Coach Weed before everybody. Coach Weed, okay. Coach Earl before everybody. But yeah, Coach definitely the head coach. Uh, which coach has uh, been most influential 
in your decision to remain a pirate after the season. So has it been the whole staff really staying on you? Because I mean, they got to recruit you just like you're in you're in junior college. Of yeah. course, oh, I mean, of course, the whole staff. But Coach Jules really made sure like I was really up to par. Like I was a pirate till like he if he if he if I go somewhere. He's probably going. <laughs> I probably ain't gonna stop hearing from him, but right. he, he called me every day. He check up on me. He make sure that. So I'm Jules paid. is on it. Coach yeah, Jules. Jules, yeah, he's he's on it. He's on it before anybody else is. All I can say. Uh, ECU salty dog. He says we're hoping you'll face some stiff competition in spring. He says iron sharpens iron, kind of thing. How do you feel about the upcoming competition on the field? Is what he asks. And secondly, as a leader in the DB room. This upcoming season, how do you plan to show the new guys the ropes? So we'll we'll kind of start with uh, your leadership role. Like, how do you how do you want to take a bigger leadership role? Kind of welcoming some of the newer guys, or younger guys. I know I definitely got to step up in that role. I'm really showing the route. Um, how everything works, just like the mind the mind you got to have coming into it. Because cornerback is a hard position, so you just got that mindset. You got you get caught the ball caught on your next play. Come on, we got to move forward. You can't go back. You can't push back. Like. Um, I forgot Drew. Um, that's what he told me to call him, West Virginia. Oh, uh, Wilson uh, Lamp, the transfer. Um, yeah, I talked to him. Um, just told him, but we got to stay focused. It's, it's up to all of us to like keep this room together. We got to work, so let's do it. He wants to know this poster. Would you call yourself more of a vocal leader or a show it leader? And uh, how do you feel about that? Are you still working on both sides? Uh, I'm definitely a show it, but I'm I'm working on my vocal. Okay, like, trying to talk to the group more. And more like I, I started that last year. I really do it a year before because I really wasn't playing. So. Right. Um. Yeah. Um. <laughs> he also wants to know what are your thoughts on peanut butter pie. Apparently, this is part of y'all's winners winners dinner. Uh, peanut butter pie. Coach Houston always talks about peanut butter pie. So do you partake I, in that? I never touched the peanut butter pie. <laughs> I never touched okay. that peanut butter pie. What did, did you have a favorite dessert from winners dinner or just in general? Uh, winners dinner. Yeah. Do y'all have do y'all have other options than peanut butter pie? I mean, hopefully y'all have something. Just, I mean, ice cream. That's ice cream. Chocolate ice cream. That's okay, all I can see. That's yeah. I'm not <laughs> I'm not a big peanut butter pie guy either, <laughs> right. but I guess Coach Houston's a big fan. Uh, ECU Buck eighty eight. Which ECU wide receiver was the toughest to defend in practice last year? They just want to know one specific player. Yeah, I mean, you can rattle off multiple. Uh, Chase, Chase, Dev, Chase, so well. Just you wouldn't, you would, you would look at him because he's tall. He wouldn't be as quick off the line of scrimmage. He's quick. Yes, he's quick. He's he got that twitch in him. Um, Kerry, he was giving me a little problem last year too. He he was put, he was getting me to work a little bit. So I feel hey. like uh, sorry to cut you, but Kerry King, his injury last year, yeah. like he, I feel like he was going to be a big piece of the offense yeah, I think he was people forgot about yeah, that he was definitely going to be a big piece of the offense I felt really good about him like okay we got him and Chase Chase well on the same well it was on the same side I guess yeah but they both but, could end up playing yeah you know. but I feel like yeah uh, do you have a toughest opposing wide receiver to defend thus far Ooh, what's his name we were looking I mean, at him before the show right the guy from Marshall yeah number, number two, two receiver I can't even remember his name now but we looked him up he was, he caught a what twenty nine yard pass on. Yeah, him? he was a dancer. I mean, like he yeah. was quick too. Like that's probably my toughest opponent that year. Um, well, last year that was my toughest opponent right there. So you don't like the the guys who are just like real shifty, yeah, quick? like real short, like real yeah. short receivers. Because you know, I'm a tall guy. I like to put my hands on everybody. Right. It's not as easy to put your hands on a shorter guy than a bigger, much more tougher guy. Like y'all did a great job as a defense on the FAU receiver. Uh, 
Lejante, I can't remember his Lejante name. Lejante Western. Yeah, Western. Yeah, it, it was almost like a team effort. I know you shattered him some, but mm-hmm. y'all. I mean, y'all were every time he caught the ball, y'all were just smacking. Oh, yeah. him. So that yeah, was like that was the game plan. That was the game plan. Y'all did a great job. Uh, CJ Hendricks wants to know, being from Winston Salem, do you have any relationship with Shaquan McMillan growing up or in high school? And does it help elevate your game as a corner seeing J Mac perform so well in the NFL this season? Oh yeah, um I definitely I grew up with him. Um well not really grew up with him, but he played on like in the same seat as me, so we knew about him. It was always like an argument who's the best corner in the city between me and him. Right. Obviously, you know, <laughs> I got to high school, I didn't really play corner like that, but um yeah, I definitely looked up to him. I I was never no I'm not no hating dude. Um uh, I liked everything he did on the field, and I watched him. Even when we played him, I watched him. I was like, okay, yeah, this guy, so he going somewhere. So I looked up to him a little bit, too. What does it mean to see him doing what he's doing with the Broncos? I'm yeah. a Broncos fan, so I love it. So well, I'm excited for him, especially when I, when he knows people that talk down on him. Right. Because he's short and everything. I feel like anybody could do it for real. No matter where you at and how big you is, how fast you run, he's still doing it. He's, I mean, he played a, a crucial role in their mm-hmm. midseason turnaround. Uh, Love to Hunt, nineteen sixty eight says, "Why did you stick with ECU when Tennessee tried to flip him at Lewisburg?" So is that a a true story? The teams tried to flip. Do you remember I'm not that? Sure. No. You were just locked in on ECU. Yeah, I'm just locked in. Okay. So you did, you didn't really pay attention to it. You're nah, just like, as soon just as give I, ECU. As soon as I um talked to Coach Ellis, Coach Houston, I just had to get my grades right. So I was really focused on my grades to um get into ECU. S Hall Pirate of Four says, "What team do you run with in Madden?" I run with the 49ers and the Cardinals. The Cardinals? Yes. I guess you play with Kyle Murray. I like, yeah. Kyle I'm an out-of-the-pocket type of quarterback. Right. <laughs> okay. How, how's, is Brock Purdy, is he pretty mobile on Madden? No. <laughs> so so you, would you just get the running game going with Christian McCaffrey? Yeah, for sure. All right, so uh, a couple more questions here. Straw369 says, did he opt? He wants to know, did you opt into the EA Sports college football NIL deal? We were talking before the show. I don't really know if this I'm not is a thing. Sure with that. So I guess like if you if you're in the game, I think you might get some compensation for it. But I don't. I guess they haven't even officially announced the game. No, I, mean, I didn't know anything about yeah. it. Yeah. Well, if 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 he's using the game and you're not in the game, there's a problem. So oh yeah, it's definitely a problem. We'll, we'll <laughs> take it up. We'll take it up with that. So that has not been presented to you yet. I mm-hmm. think obviously if it does, uh, it'll happen. Um, but, yeah, we're still waiting on the announcement of that game. It was supposed to happen during the championship. Never did. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Wands World says, who was the toughest AAC receiver to cover last season? Do you remember anybody from the conference who was tough? Like, I said UTSA looked good, but you said they weren't that great, at least from your vantage point when you played them. Like I said, um, the receiver from Marshall. Marshall was the guy. My, tough, my toughest guy for Yeah. Me. So he was tougher than anybody in the American. To me. Yes. Yeah. Do you have a favorite NFL corner? Oh, I have a um, no Jalen Ramsey. Oh yeah. Um, can I go back then? Oh yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. You uh, can I, I, I watch like I only watch corners though. I right. watch like Deion Sanders. I watch Ed Reed. Okay. Safeties. Um. So basically, all DBs. Yeah, all DBs for real. Because you don't know where they put me. You know, it'd it be different game plans. They might want you to guard the best receiver, and now you at slide. I mean, now you at nickel. Right. So you got to be right there. Oh, he's that running back. Now I have to, like, stand right there in, like, the linebacker position. So really look at everybody in their positions and what they do. Okay. 
And uh, I was a again Denver Broncos man. Champ Bailey was my guy growing up. He was a stud. Um, how closely do players follow the landscape of college football? Is what Mister Wandsworld wants to know. He says, for example, did you know? Like the American might have a playoff team next year with the expanded playoff, and that Army was joining the conference. Like, do you pay attention to that stuff, or are you just more focused on what you're trying to do day to day as a player? I'm probably the more team. focused. Yeah, yeah, more focused on what I'm doing, what I got to do for the team for real. Okay, really, so you kind of ignore team. all the noise. Yeah. What do you think about playing another option team in Army? That y'all would probably y'all have to oh, play Army and Navy I, this year. I, I was so excited to play Navy because I I loved I loved the tackle. You were, like, yeah, uh, you were everywhere that game, oh, yeah. man. I love to tackle. Uh, um, Army coming out same is gonna be the same thing. Right, I'd be excited that game, like because they're not you're not used to no corner, like no corner, like come downhill. Right, you're just tackle. you're just basically you get to be physical the whole game. Yeah, yeah physical the whole game. So you enjoy it. All right, mm-hmm. a few more questions, and we'll get you out of here, man. Uh, NC Pirate Thirteen says. You know, this is kind of a similar question to what your dad asked, but he says you took the conference by storm this year. Now that you are going to be looked at as a season season leader, a season leader, what obstacles do you think you'll face, and how do you want to help elevate the guys both on defense and offensive side of the ball? So he's kind of saying, like, how do you try to elevate everybody around you going into spring or summer? Really, just doing the best I can. I can't really tell them something different and do something different. Really work hard, push everybody else. Um, make sure they doing what they doing. Make sure they at meetings, lifts, all that practice on time and everything. Really playing my part, and then watching me do that makes them want to follow behind me. So, I guess that's the part where I got to be more vocal. Right. And yeah. So, uh, Edward Perry says, "How do you see your role in building team chemistry?" And that probably goes to some of that as well. Yeah. And uh, so you don't have to answer that. And then he says, are you? Are there any specific incoming defensive players you're excited about? I know you talked about Andrew Wilson-Lamp, the West Virginia transfer, but any, uh, I don't know, any high school recruits or anybody you hosted or just any new guys coming in you're excited about, or is that more of a process that will happen later this semester? Um, we have to see. It's more of a process because the dude I hosted, he's not here. He's, he didn't go there. Right. He went to um, Georgia Southern. Okay. So – um, I'm still excited for the for the ones that have got here. Um, Drew, he's a tall guy. I, th- I think he's taller than me. He's tall. Long he is like six I three, like, I think, or yeah, six two at least. He's definitely six three. Yeah, he's definitely six three enough. Yeah, um, I'm excited to see what he's gonna do for the team. I feel like I feel very good about the cornerback room. Are there uh, any young guys in the corner room that maybe we haven't seen that you're you're excited about, like that redshirted last year or anything like that? Um. I've heard good things about Dalen Rico, Distant yeah. and Rico. Rico and yeah. Dalen. Rico, hey, he just – we just got to get him right. You know, he never played um, cornerback. Right. After high he's school. like a receiver, right? Mm-hmm. Dalen, I can tell you. I mean, Dalen, he can – he he a ball. Yeah. He's got to get him right, too, at the line description and everything. But I'm really excited about them, too. Now that they done caught on to everything, they know some of the plays more than they did when they got here, when they first got here. So, yeah, I'm very excited for them, too. Good stuff. All right. Well, there's all the questions I believe we have uh, for Savone Revel. And uh, this has been fun, man. I appreciate mm-hmm. you stopping by. Thanks again to uh, Team Boneyard and obviously yourself for uh, coming in, making the time. I know you guys are busy. We'll get you on again down the road. But this is fun, man. Best of luck the rest of the offseason with your you know decision on what you got to do with your injury and whatnot. But yes, looking sir. forward to, to seeing you back here soon. Appreciate you. Absolutely. That is Savone Revel. All right, we'll get a break in. We'll come back. Philip and I will talk about our, our ECU's basketball win 
Pirates got a road win at Temple for the first time ever. We'll break that down, what it means going into Saturday's contest against SMU. All right, we'll be right back. This is Hoist the Colors on a Thursday. What's happening, man? What's happening? Tell me. Every ECU fan's one stop for all things ECU athletics. This is Hoist the Colors with Stephen Igo on 94.3 The Game. All right, welcome back into the show. Thursday, January 11th edition. Appreciate Savone Rebels time here on Hoist the Colors. He is the first of our Hoist the Colors Team Boneyard initiative to get some of the guys in for 94.3 The Game programming. And so we'll also have interviews with defensive lineman Elijah Morris, Deontay Johnson in the coming weeks. We'll try to get these guys on. We're scheduled to get them on three times between now and the start of the season. This is our first one with uh, Savone, and we'll get Elijah and Deontay on as well. And we're also working on a few other players. And then in baseball, we've got five guys set to appear throughout the season. Starting next week, we're going to have Carter Cunningham and Treya Savage on Monday show. We also have Justin Wilcox and Jacob Starlin and Cam Claunch set to appear as well. They'll be appearing both on uh, Hoist the Colors and the Patrick Johnson Show throughout the season. So really excited about what we're doing through Team Boneyard, getting these guys on the air as well. Again, give your uh, contributions now to TeamBoneyard.org. Support ECU's NIL initiative. We had the interview with Hank Hinton earlier today. You can get tax-deductible donations through Parents for public schools, or if you're a business looking for some marketing, you can do it that way through Team Boneyard directly, and it can still be tax deductible. Philip Pilkington producing today's show. So, Philip, did you know that Siobhan Rebel was actually pronounced Savone? Um, I knew it would, I had been told that the H wasn't there, so I didn't know it was Su. I didn't know there was so much emphasis on the O at the end. I just thought it was Savon, not Savon. Now, yeah, I mean, yeah. we got to do like. I mean, I have to erase half my brain now to make sure I don't mess this up. Because I've been calling him Siobhan for like three years now. Well, at least it makes me feel a little better that it's almost like that's how he wanted it. Right. Because he He was was like, I'm almost surprised if I get a leak. Kind of like, what what the heck's McMillan's name now? I don't even know. I think it's it's Jaquan McMillan is the official pronunciation. Yeah, so I guess he wanted to be like McMillan. And we've been calling him Jaquan McMillan. Yeah. So... Maybe my name's not Igo. Maybe it's Ego. And I Maybe just haven't it's told you. Stefan Ego. Stefan Ego. Stefan Ego. And I'm just I'm waiting to let you guys know. But hey, appreciate uh, Savone, and we'll get him on again down the line. Really good player, man. Great kid. And uh, yeah, I remember when he committed after that camp and talking to him, and like his dream had come true. You know, and he obviously still had to put the work on, like he said, and uh, handle some stuff in the classroom to get here. But he was extremely motivated and i still remember that conversation talking to him after his commitment so it's cool to see his, his story kind of come full circle and now he's got a really good shot at making it to the league if he has the senior year that he's capable of having which given his work ethic i think will be okay uh undoubtedly all right let's talk basketball philip we kind of joked yesterday on the show that east carolina basketball on the road is one of the most difficult things to watch well last night i know you had to produce so you probably listened to it more than watched it but Last night in the second half, it was a thing of beauty. The Pirates beat Temple on the road 73-62. They got one of their more efficient offensive performances of the season. 54% for the game, 58% in the second half, 43% from three for the game, 91% from the line. 
rebounded the ball well, didn't give up many cheap points. They did have a few lackadaisical turnovers, but other than that, it was a pretty complete game, and this is a big win for ECU. I don't know how good Temple is, but this was a nice win for the Pirates. It was. You know, it was one of the nice things. You mentioned that uh, free throw percentage, and a lot of that was the big guys. Ezra Osar was 6-for-6 six six from the from the charity stripe. And another thing that stuck out to me is we allowed 10 offensive rebounds, which is a little high, but when you have a team jack that many threes, you have those long rebounds. And they did a good job of getting back into their defensive set quickly and not allowing a lot of second-chance points. I don't have the exact numbers in front of you, but it seemed like every second-chance point they allowed was a full offensive set. The ball just happened to go in the basket. There wasn't many quick offensive rebound, okay, layup. And that's really big. You know, Coach preaches rebounding, and I know he preaches defense too, but to your point, probably the most complete offensive performance we've seen all year and when you see things like that, it gives you confidence that, yes, this team can finish in the top half of the conference. Because at the end of the day, yeah, I get defense wins championships, but we live in the shot clock era. We can't play Dean Smith four corners. You've got to be able to score the basketball. And this team proved they can do it last night, and it was really exciting. I'm very optimistic. Look, SMU's a good team. I ain't saying we're going to win, but I'm a much more optimistic heading into this SMU game after the offensive performance that I saw last night. R.J. Felton scores 28 of 10. Ezra Asar, 6 of 6 from the line. You mentioned it, Phillip. If he is shooting 100% from the line, it's a good night for the Pirates because he's going to get there a lot. 6 of 8 from the floor. He finishes with 18. Brandon Johnson just does what he does. Misses a double-double by a rebound, but 15 points, 9 rebounds. How about Cam Hayes finally hitting some threes? That was that was huge. He goes 3 of 6 from behind the line. I noticed during the game, Phillip, so he still is struggling to shoot off the dribble, but when he's catching off the pass, this I think he knocked down all three of his threes off the pass set. So maybe they found something there that, hey, let's just try to maybe – be a little bit more, uh, you know, picky with our shot selection there. Cause if he starts hitting threes, you got four or five guys that can knock him down. You can, you know, obviously with him running some of the point, he's going to, you know, a lot more opportunities are going to come off the dribble. But to your point, if you have good shot selection, look, if you pass the ball and you can reverse the court, the ball will be swung back around and you can get those catch and shoot opportunities. And when a guy like him, Starts 0 of 16. All it takes is that first one to go in. You know, this guy has proven, yeah, he's not the greatest scorer in the world. That's probably not the strength of his game. But he has proven in the past he has the ability to score the basketball. And look, 0 of 16 is is a slump, right? We're all going to hit it if, if you're a shooter. Same reason that, you know, batters go through slumps. And so I think now that once he saw that first one go in, it's it got him out of it. Do I expect him to be the dead-eye greatest three-point shooter ECU's ever seen? No, but I think he can be a consistent threat from out there, and that's all we need. If he can go out there and shoot 30%, 32% from out there, as long, but that's only going to happen, to your point, Stephen, if he has good shot selection. I think he's a mature enough player to do that, but being a mature enough player to do it and actually doing it are two different things. However, I do predict that he will, but... Just keep a good head on your shoulders. If you're listening out there, Cam, know what your shot is, and don't reach too much because that is how you get back into one of those slumps, and that's something we don't want to see. So East Carolina wins at Temple for the first time ever. They were 0-7 at the Leah Corps Center going into yesterday's game. And again, Temple, I think, is down. They've got a first-year coach. But these are the games that ECU needs to win 
in order to take a step as a program. You got to beat average to subpar teams in your league on the road if you want to move up in the conference standings. ECU does that, which was great to see. Now, I believe our very own Hank Hinton posted this on Hoist the Colors last night after the win. Uh, he said he Hank went back through the season to see when the last time we have had back-to-back conference wins where one of them was on the road. And the last time this happened for ECU men's basketball was eight years ago. ECU won at Memphis and then versus Temple and Greenville. So it has been eight years, Philip, since ECU had a two-game winning streak in league play with one game on the road. So if ECU wins a game on the road in basketball, there's a good chance we're seeing history in many ways. Yeah, that's that's not a good thing. Not at all. But I did see someone put out something on Twitter. I can't remember who it was. They put it out last night or this morning that in the previous regime, they won five road conference games in five years. And I think Coach Swartz in two years has won four road conference games and one conference tournament game. So we're already improving, but... Yeah, it's not a good stat. I mean, heck, eight years ago, I wasn't even in. I was in high school eight years ago, so I don't even. I did not really associate with ECU the last time this happened. That's that's saying something. It's not good, but hey, we got some opportunities coming up. So, you know, conference sitting real, real strong. Speaking of opportunities, when do you think it's the last time ECU won three consecutive American Athletic Conference games? Uh, I'm gonna go never. That is due correct. to the newness of the conference. Going never, yeah. never. ECU. Joined the conference in 2014-15. They have never won three in a row, Philip. I mean, that's – I know ECU basketball has had long, long, long standing history of struggles, but that is – like, you think you would luck up and win three games in a row. But a lot of it is due to the fact you got to win a game on the road to win three games in a row, and now they'll have an opportunity this Saturday. Now, SMU is very good. They are 43 in the net last check. But – I think this is a winnable game. You're at home. You're about to face an ACC-bound SMU Mustangs team. Four o'clock tip-off on a Saturday. This should be a great crowd Saturday. This feels like big game inside Minji's crowd. What do you think? Yeah, I think it is. I was proud of the crowd this past Sunday um, with you know Week 18 NFL going on. Lot you know, kind of a busy Sunday afternoon, and the crowd was great. And I expect it to be better this Saturday. I mean, look, to your point, they're going to need Minji's to be rocking. This something opportunity to do something we've never done before. It's a big-name team coming in. You know, it ain't like Wednesday. Like, who has even heard of North Texas before they joined the conference? I dated a girl that went to North Texas, and I had never even heard of North Texas. And that's how – but SMU we've heard of. SMU, we need to send them pack into the ACC because they're going to still probably lose some games in North Carolina next year when they go to the Triangle. So let's let's send them packing. Yeah, big opportunity, and we need a huge crowd. Give me 7000 on a Saturday. <laughs> if 7000 show up for this game, then I'll pay you 50 bucks. All righty. Uh, but, hey, maybe they can get 5000 I'll be excited if it's a good crowd either way. All right, let's get a final break, and we'll come back. We'll maybe talk some more ECU hoops. Uh, the women fall to UAB last night. We'll also discuss the big news. Nick Saban retiring and Bill Belichick out in New England. All that happening in, what, a twenty-four less than 24-hour span. So we'll get into that as well to close up the show. This is Hoist the Colors on a Thursday. 
Everything you need to know in the world of ECU athletics. This is Hoist the Colors with Stephen Igo on 94.3 The Game. Okay, welcome in. Hoist the Colors on this Thursday. We're wrapping things up here. Again, appreciate Savon Revel, the uh, ECU All-Conference cornerback, joined us as part of our Team Boneyard Hoist the Colors initiative. And you can hear that interview in its entirety, the first 30 minutes of the show. We took your questions and more. We'll continue that. We'll have him on a couple more times this offseason. And uh, Deontay Johnson, Elijah Moore are set to join us as well, and we're working on a few other players too. All right, so we just taught ECU's win. In basketball, they notch a road victory over Temple, 73-62. And uh, the women fall in, uh, you know, to the UAB Blazers. UAB shot a blistering. We were just looking at the numbers. What, 45% from three. They hit 13 threes. So disappointing home loss. UAB, though, quality competition. The Pirate ladies will be back in action at Tulane, coming off their 73-64 loss to UAB. All right, Philip. We got a couple minutes left. We'll touch on this more tomorrow when we have Joe Sampson on. But Nick Saban is retiring from coaching, and it it kind of came out of nowhere. Although there has been some rumblings for a little bit. I actually had a randomly enough an AAU travel baseball coach text me in November saying that this was coming. That Nick Saban had a massive TV deal on the table. And whether it was coincidence or not, this is what's happening, and he is retiring. But uh, some big shoes to fill in Tuscaloosa. I don't know. I would hate to kind of have that job to be the guy to follow Nick Saban, but pretty massive news. Oh, I definitely would hate to have that job. And you looked what happened with Matt Doherty following up Dean Smith at Carolina. Said go. Um, I wasn't totally caught off guard with it solely because when he started going on Pat McAfee's show in the middle of the week, in the middle of the season, it's like, yeah, something's up. I, I could see this being his last year. So. I I don't know if I'm totally caught off guard by it, but you know it's big news anytime a guy like this retires. So we'll we'll see who the next guy is. It's going to be tough shoes to fill. Bill Belichick. Then it was announced this morning out at New England. The difference, of course, is he's going to keep coaching. Nick Saban is retiring, and Bill Belichick. There's some rumors of him going to Atlanta. How do you feel about that as a Panthers fan, as a NFC South resident, Philip? How would you feel about Bill Belichick posting up with the Falcons? Uh, you know how eight, Florida State wants to leave the ACC? Us and the Saints will try and leave the NFC South. First we got Brady, and now we get Belichick. Okay, this is crap. We are putting in our resignation to go back to the NFC West if this happens. We already deal with Brady for three years. Do you feel like he actually makes a difference there, though? Like, doesn't he still need a quarterback, or is he going to go yeah. win games with Desmond Ritter? No, he still needs a quarterback, but that's about all they need. They're, they're yeah. a solid team. They got to stay healthy on defense, which they haven't done for the last decade, other than the year they went to the Super Bowl, and uh, get a quarterback. They'll be out. It'll be an interesting NFL offseason. We'll talk NFL playoffs tomorrow. Joe Sampson will be in studio. We'll make our picks with Philip and Joe and myself. We'll also preview ECU-SMU going to the weekend on the Hardwood Big Game Saturday in Minji's. So look forward to that. We'll also talk about more of these coaching moves on tomorrow's program as well. Okay. Then thanks to uh, Savon Revel for joining us on today's show. And I uh, appreciate Philip for his duties behind the scenes as always. We will be back Friday, 12 noon, on Hoist the Color. See you then.